0: what's up everybody so this next episode james and i will be talking about a lot of hot topics now going on in the mma world you know things about liver king about patty and ariel's thing and you know who we thought were the you know up until now the best fighters or the fight of the night i mean the fight of the years yeah so uh check it out um and enjoy
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Yamasu Damashi podcast. Ensign, how's things going? How's Japan? Everything's good. Getting cold in Japan here.
0: Uh getting busy because Shoshi's getting close to his fight for the New Year's Eve fight. So um
1: busy is good. So everything's going really well. Awesome. Yeah, we had snow in the UK, so it's been pretty, pretty cold. Ooh. It's been like minus one. Degrees. Ooh. We are we are at two this tonight. Oh wow. So you're not far behind <laughs> yeah
0: not far away <laughs>
1: yeah nice um so today we're going to cover you know a range of different topics um all mma related we're going to do a quick fire mma round with some you know some hot topics that are in the press um before we do just a quick announcement that uh we are finally on some other different outlets as well so we're on spotify we're on apple podcasts we're on uh anchor we're on google podcasts so if there's any particular one you guys want us on uh, it will be there the first place will be youtube so youtube the you know will have the episode and then a couple of days later you'll see that latest episode but if you want to go back in the archives there's about 70 episodes there ready for you guys to listen to so oh uh, wow. right on yeah. good job yes so enjoy it at work enjoy it in the car enjoy it wherever but as i say today is hot topics on mma but and um, we had a big weekend with UFC and both Bellator. I was interested to know of UFC 282, was there a performance that stood out to you the most?
0: Um the fight uh the fight that got fight at the night
1: was that um was that Darren Till? Oh yes Darren Till and uh Duplice? I can't pronounce his I name I didn't know
0: that guy's name yeah but that <laughs> was a good fight that went back and forth. And I thought so was going to, um end up winning the fight until he got submitted, yeah, I also kind of like that because it's one of the few times children didn't like talk shit and was being really cool, and i I kind of wish he did well to show him that you know talking shit doesn't necessarily have to happen to to be do good in a fight well i but according to what Dana said, yeah, he you know, people are saying that Till got three three losses in a row and said something about, is he, is he in jeopardy with his contract? And Dana straight up said, the guy just got fight of the night, you know. <laughs> He's good. He's safe in his contract. So that was good to hear. So, that, yeah, that fight was uh, crazy back and forth, man. That was, mm-hmm. that was really exciting.
1: It was a great fight. I think my uh, my performance of the night was uh, Ilya Taipura. Because both him and Bryce Mitchell, Absolutely. I was really looking forward to that fight going into it, right? They were those guys were like yeah. you could tell so skilled in, in both you know both sides of the fence. And uh Taipura, man, he just looked like a beast, right? He just looked like an absolute savage. I can't wait to see what he does at Featherweight. Like just there's so many good times. I think he was wants that Brian Bryce, but,
0: uh, Mitchell?
1: Yeah, Bryce Mitchell, yeah.
0: Yeah, but you know what kind of disappointed on me on that Bryce Mitchell guy? I kind that. of went into the kind of excited to see him fight because he was talking about being ready to die and stuff. Yeah, and when he got into a choke, I thought, okay, this is where you really can tell if someone's serious about the you know saying that they're ready to die. And when he tapped out, I was like, there is no way in hell this guy was ready to die. And 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 to top it off, you know, I it was really disappointing for me because to top it off. He says something like, I don't want to make any excuses. I lost fair and square, but I had the flu and I shouldn't have took the fight. Like, like you just made a couple excuses. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel, you know, I like to, I, I admire the fighters that are, are, are mentally, physically, emotionally sound like Khabib, mm-hmm. you know. But when you hear fighters uh, talking big, big and not really walking the walk, they talk to talk, can't walk the walk, and then they start making excuses about their loss. You know, I just have a hard time uh you know rooting and, and, and supporting that kind of fighter. So it was kind of disappointing because when I heard the press conference, I was like, Wow. He, he would look real serious, he didn't fuck around, he didn't shit talk. And it was like, Oh, this guy's like maybe old school style. So I was really yeah. excited to see him fight and then when I saw him tap and then the excuses he made after, I was like, ah, damn. So yeah, not, 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 not in any, any feeling of wanting to see him fight again, you know? So he's just another fighter in the pond now.
1: Yeah. It was funny. You brought that up. Cause that's exactly what I was thinking. Right. That he talks such a big game about, you know, being willing to die. And obviously that's been a common theme on this podcast. So I was like, right, let's see what he's got. And then, like you said, he just choked him and he just t- tapped super quick as well. And, I think the thing is, is like there's there's no harm in tapping, right? But don't big yourself up to say I'm willing to die to do whatever. Like it was like oh, it was like a normal sort of tap. So uh, and you know, to be fair to a... him, to be fair to him, a lot of fighters they think they
0: are willing to die, but when you know when the when the shit hits the fan, a lot of people realize that oh shit, I wasn't ready to die. So mm. I mean, he could not. Maybe he wasn't talking big. Maybe he just really didn't understand how mentally sound he was or how if he really felt that way. He 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 maybe he did believe that. But when when the when the, the going got rough, he realized that oh shit, I don't even want to be choked out, let alone die, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Like, the though- for me it's
0: like, it's like someone going into a casino with a thousand dollars and saying, I'm fucking gonna go for it. I'm gonna lose all this thousand when they lose twenty bucks, they turn on and leave.
1: Yeah. That's, That's kind of like how
0: I see it. Like, kind of, kind of. Ah, uh, you shouldn't be chirping. You know, talk. Don't talk to talk if you're not gonna walk the walk.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. Um, one of the themes of two eight two and the weekend was really questionable judging, and I was keen to know, uh, like, you know, one who you thought won the main event, um, but just judge and 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 the co-main event, right? Because there's certainly some questionable judging there. Um, but what? what well, what did you think? Well, I mean, who did you think won the main event to start with?
0: Oh, I thought. Um, well, Jan definitely was winning the beginning rounds, mm-hmm. and it's I, and I felt like Jan and Goliath at the end, the last couple of rounds, really, you know, the ground and pound, the takedowns. I I thought if I had to give it to one of them, it would be it would be Kaliath. So yeah, that one I thought. Uh, But it wasn't to a point where I was like, oh, it's a robbery. It was more like, oh, I thought he won, but ah, you know how that goes. You you leave it in the hands of the judges. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a draw, right? Yeah, yeah. And I almost felt like – almost felt like – you know, it was a real weird feeling because when when the first fight was scheduled, I thought it was how unfair it was to Glover. And I just thought it was so weird how they would just – set a title match with like two guys like they were contenders Just boom okay we'll make the title with him and Glover's like all left out in the cold because he didn't want to take the fight Yeah. so I thought that was super unfair and you know with that you know with a, after you know when I'm thinking like oh shit that's unfair when I see the draw and I'm thinking oh shit what's going to happen now and then I hear these two guys are just like thrown to the side now and is Glover and Jamar Hill going to throw the fight for the title? It's like, oh, karma just came around and set shit straight. But I mean, I I was okay with it only because I I just thought Glover was getting a raw deal, and and I and I'm kind of happy that you know things were set right for him. But as far as uh, you know the the title fight, you know them calling it a draw, and you know it's like it's like such a. Um, I think you know Dana was super pissed about the main event saying that it was he don't know what these guys were doing but I think he was more frustrated at the fact that the judges made it a draw mm-hmm. cuz forcing that title fight was for one reason only because Jerry um vacated the title it was to create a champion and it was like that whole event was just for nothing pretty much
1: yeah it was Super weird finish, right? It was so like so yeah, much confusion was, yeah. at the end. It was like, what now? Um, but yeah, I know what you mean about the title shots. It is a bit like... Certainly sort of... Uh, here's your title shot. No, here's your title shot. But that being said, I think the, the new title fight, I think that'll be a good fight. Glover versus Jamal Hill. Yeah. That's that's a good fight. Yeah. So I'm glad Glover's
0: getting another chance.
1: Yeah, he deserves it, right? So, Especially after yeah. that fight with Jiri. Yeah. Um, what do you think can be done about judging? Because in the Bellator fight, the main event, um, there was um, Sabat- Sabatello, basically. He clearly lost the fight and one judge gave him it 50-45. And it was like, what? Then we see that that Paddy and um, Gordon fight, which was boggled my mind, right? And I think a lot of people's mind, I think a lot of people had Jared Gordon winning but what, what do you think I can be he done heard about judging did. to get this it's been a while since we've had like loads of bad decisions but when we do it's it's super frustrating
0: well I, I believe a lot of the fighters the, I mean the judges should actually know more about MMA I hear a lot of them are boxing judges I hear a lot of them don't even know MMA at all and I, I I think this that's one of the most important things you know guys like Frank Trigg and Chris Lieben coming up as as judges. I mean, as my uh, judges and referees, which is so awesome. I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, I think you know, one maybe get more fighters or more experience doesn't need to be fighters or people who actually trained in MMA. Should be one of the criteria for a judge. The second thing is you know Joe Rogan kind of suggested it, which I thought was a good idea. Is have more than three judges. Mm-hmm. Maybe have five. That way two judges can't fuck up the whole thing, you know? Yeah. You got two shitty judges, they can fuck up when, when you're talking three judges. But, mm. you know, uh, uh, then again, the, one of the judges is being criticized really badly. I forget his name. Yeah. I but apparently that. he went and judged in Connecticut and within a 24-hour span flew to Vegas, jet-lagged, and jumped in the seat to to uh, judge the, the UFC fight. So
1: apparently that guy is, like, really bad. Yeah, he was the one that gave the 50-45 scorecard. In- in yes, I, I, I think there's,
0: these these judges need to be um, held responsible for what they decide. Mm-hmm. And I think there needs to be like a um, referees commission where they, you know, John McCarthy, them, I think John McCarthy is like the head of the referees association. But I think he has to review the judges and pretty much get rid of some of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how how much of a shortage they have in judges because that guy flies from Connecticut and then gets into the UFC to uh, judge in Nevada right after that Connecticut yeah. fight. So I'm I'm wondering if there like there's a shortage of judges or or referees. Yeah. So other than that, yeah. yeah, if if there is a shortage in that, you know, having more judges might be actually hard for them to do. But damn,
1: it's just. Don't leave it in the hands of the judges. <laughs> that's the easiest solution. <laughs> yeah, it is, right? But they need to do something. It's like you say, like, I think back in the day, it was always like, oh, we've got these people from boxing and they're, you know, they're used to doing judging, so we'll bring them in. It's like, dude, MMA's been around for nearly 30 years now. We, we should have a lot more qualified people that are able to make decisions on fights. And yeah, what, what do you think about the notion of open scoring? Because that's always a debate that people like to have.
0: Uh, open scoring. Uh, um, I mean, regardless if you have open scoring or not, I think it's still gonna have the same results. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think open scoring might be better only in the sense that you can you're gonna be you're gonna be calling the judges out in in more of a like a spotlight situation, you know. Yeah. Because when you have a clear round and then you, you know, the people have to go back and look at the card and say, okay, what he judged this before. Okay, the first round, oh, oh, Patty won that or lost that. And oh, he gave it to, but it'll be clear and blatant when the rest, right after the round's over. What happened here? Right after the round's over, they go and, uh, you know, put up the judges' scorecards. I think that'll be like a whole game changer where people will, I think it'll it'll make judges uh, be more responsible what they're calling and stuff. And I don't know, it, you know, I was listening to a lot of podcasts about the com- the comments of the judging like that. You know, especially Joe Rogan, what he was saying. You know, a lot of the guys are thinking that, you know, there's almost a it's not possible to have a connection with UFC controlling the judges because of, for them wanting their favorite fighters to win, like someone like Patty, mm-hmm. you know, because the the US the 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 referee commission is a whole total separate entity. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of the guys are starting to insinuate that maybe those guys are trying to, you know, brown nose the UFC where they're making the fighters that they know the UFC wants to win, win. So, I mean, it's just conspiracy. You don't, Mm -hmm. I I won't know what the truth is. But they have all these conspiracies and
1: ideas on it. But it's hard, man. It's weird, right? Because the... That's all been coming up a lot lately, you know, because there was the Sean O'Malley win as well, right? And it's yeah, I mean, it's weird. I don't think there is anything to it, but you never know, right? You never know like um if there is an element. I don't know how much the UFC gets involved with the judging and athletic commission. I know Dana always says that they're two separate things and that if if he did, he would, you know, you'd see a very different product, right? But my um, opinion is yeah, they definitely don't have anything, they're not like a, mm.
0: a little scam going on where they're they kind of control the judges. I, my guess is that probably not happening. But you know what's crazy is you never know, man. Yeah, you never know.
1: True. true. It's yeah. It's, you never know. It's just there's so much yeah. evidence that sort goes for and against it, right? Because like, yeah. oh, you know, the, the UFC wants Paige to win, but did they really want a draw for that title fight? Probably not. Right? They probably wanted yeah. you know a yeah. clear-cut winner. So who knows? But. Speaking of Paddy, we've got to get on to Paddy because he's been in the news everywhere, uh, particularly, you know, for a particular reason, which is the beef he had with Ariel Hawani For those that didn't see it, he went, uh, he had his own podcast and his own YouTube show. Um, had some pretty harsh words for Ariel Helwani, um, around to do with the fact that he thought that Ariel was sort of going out of his way to tell people that um he was patty had been asking to money for an interview right ariel then goes on his show kind of explains how that didn't really happen sort of showed the receipts um what was your whole takeaway on this whole situation
0: well i when i first heard about it i you know for me i always I, i don't know about recently but i know back in the day ariel was the type of guy that would sacrifice fighters for for him to get the first uh the big info, the, the big scoops. He'll, he'll, even the fighters will tell him like, Oh no, I can't tell you that it'll get me in trouble. He'll try to pry it out in a real, real sneaky way to mm-hmm. a point. It's like, wow, dude, the guy just told you that he can't tell you, but you're still mm-hmm. trying to get him to say it. Like almost like you're going to make sacrifice official lamb on this fighter just to get your news. You know, I, for, for, for that reason, I really didn't care for Ariel, but you know, I'm, you know, he's been called out on that sometimes and i think maybe he's i haven't seen him do that recently I, I mean i have i don't really watch much of his stuff but i haven't seen him do that recently so when i when that first came up i really first i thought oh no is errol doing it again mm-hmm. and when i sat down and watched all you know patty's podcast with dana and then i watched uh the comeback of Ariel Horani and then the comeback of Patty on that, on what Ariel Juani said. I mean, Patty is either a pure dick or he's really stupid. One of those two, because the things he says is, I mean, he did ask his, his uh, manager asked Ariel for, an interview he even called ariel telling him that he's going to be in town let's get together and um, of course it's it's, a, it's about an interview and then he claims now he's claiming that he didn't ask for money when it's a clear email and cross asking him for money mm-hmm. and then he starts saying stuff like oh i i didn't want i didn't know we we're gonna have an interview i thought we we're gonna go have get a bite to eat or just hang out like yeah that's weird and, you know, as much of a snake as Ariel can be, he had the receipts. He showed everything. He was very level-headed when he talked. And I think – I believe he proved his point. Mm. Yes. And, you know, when you – on top of that whole thing, you know, you got Patty. I don't know. He thinks he's a bigger star than he actually is yet. You know, he he acts like he's the next Conor McGregor when you, you probably wouldn't want to even put his name in the same sentence with Conor McGregor. I just did but you probably wouldn't <laughs> want to. Yeah and you know the fact that you know that fight I thought he lost the fight but he comes up and says that he he knew he won the first two rounds and he was just coasting in the third like that makes no sense. He says he he knew he won the fight and he I thought he clearly lost the fight. I mean I think that's a good nickname for him. Batty. He's kind of batty I think. <laughs> I, you know, to be honest, I I used to like the guy because he was so fresh and he was so like mm. I don't know, so um boisterous and so like you know says whatever he wants. But it, I, I think it's just going a little too far now. For me, I I I'm I'm looking forward to the day he gets his ass kicked. Don't like I him at all.
1: I think it's coming. Like, that's for sure. Because I, oh, yeah, wasn't... I
0: don't think at that level, man, and he's calling out the pro, the, the champions and. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah he's I think uh, he's gonna have his day and that'll be interesting to see what happens when he does get his ass kicked
1: yeah I do think a lot of it could be his manager like because it kind of sounds like his manager suddenly got involved suddenly asking for payments Um, it sounds I think the worrying thing is that you probably have these outlets that will pay for interviews just to so they could like do that so that then you get these managers that are like oh x y and z are paying this why can't ariel who works for bt sport come and like pay for this thing and because some of those outlets are doing that i think it's you know it changes the game completely right it's not fair for it's not fair for the smaller fighters let alone let alone the media outlets as well that are trying to you know get the stories but well, as um, you know, managers get a
0: percentage of what the fighters make so right but you know with that with that said with that whole thing is Patty eventually has the last decision.
1: Yeah. And
0: although we can say, like, the manager talked him into that, the manager made him believe that he should be getting paid, whether his britches got too big for his pants or he just listened to his manager. Bottom line is, Patty has the same, the, the last decision, the final mm-hmm. decision on what to do and what to take. And I just believe he's getting too big for his britches. I think he. Mm-hmm. He's demanding payment for his interviews. I think he should be more than happy to go on these uh platforms, Pissy Hawani show, to get more exposure and get his name out there. Uh, I think he thinks he's uh really, really believes that he's already at Connor
1: McGregor's level. Never, I think, um, especially like he,
0: say, of- he probably couldn't hold up my jock strap. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, if, definitely in terms of skill, though, right? Because I think with Connor, people forget that actually he was. A really incredible fighter like people forget yeah. just because of the most recent fights but some of the stuff he did people called him the unicorn right because it was amazing like the Josie alden knockout was you know something else, yeah but, yeah um, Carter
0: walked the walk and talked talk to talk, the talk and actually walked the walk
1: yeah and i get i give it to paddy he will go in there and fight but you know if you that fight he had no business winning that decision um yeah, and to celebrate fight. it it just, it doesn't sit well, does it? So. Yeah,
0: and then what he said after, like, he knew he won, and he, I mean, it's...
1: And Fight of the Night, was like, what?
0: <laughs> like,
1: Batty. <laughs> and you know what's funny is that he's, he's talking all that shit oh, to... what is it?
0: Yeah. Oh, it's Batty. They should change his nickname to Batty, like B-A-T-T-Y. Oh, I you saying that. That's Batty. the American
1: accent. <laughs> the Batty, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. But yeah, he is Batty in the head. Um yeah, he Yeah, it's funny because he's been beefing with Taipura and they're obviously like different weight classes, but Taipura even at that weight would kill him. Like that's, he doesn't want any part of that fight, right? Because that's that's not a good fight. Yeah, fight. he knows
0: he knows yeah. that he can't have that fight because they they're different weight class.
1: But yeah, let's see, let's see what happens with I'm mean, interested to see who they match him up with next, right? Like because you know, if he won that fight, it means he's gotta go, you know, someone higher in the ranks. So um But we've been mentioning his name. Conor McGregor was a hot topic a couple of weeks ago around him and his drug testing. He Takes himself out of the USADA pool. Uh, What are your thoughts on that whole situation about a fighter being injured and not doing drug tests?
0: Well, I mean, it's a loophole. Definitely a loophole in the whole system. Conor's smart enough to play the right way, you know, play it the right way. So, you know, there's two things. One, with that severe of an injury, he probably had to, uh, you know, take care of that injury. And, you know, if he could use more drugs and, you know, steroids or whatever, growth hormones, that's probably the best way for him to get better. And someone also mentioned the fact that if you're in the drug pool, they can call you and you got to let them know where you are. You got to tell them what you're going to be. You got to answer the door at six in the morning or five in the morning. So that that's a pain in the ass. So, you know, if, if, the, if the whole reason for the, the drug, the US, you know, the, the USADA is to prevent fighters from getting an upper hand in anything as far as training, recovery, whatever it is, because recovery, whether it's a broken leg or it's recovery from a hard days of training, It's the same thing. It's recovery. And if the, you know, if the idea of USADA is to make sure that no fighters get upper hand because they can get a hold of growth hormone or performance enhancing drugs, then that whole system's pretty fucked because Connor just played the whole system. Connor obviously did, did more than just food and regular vitamins. It's obvious he did some performance enhancing drugs. Um, if it's for his, just his broken leg, you know, we, we don't know that. You know, I mean, I believe, I'm a strong believer that steroids or or growth hormone isn't something that's going to make you a better fighter. It might give you a better edge on recovery. It might give you a better edge on the the type of, um, the hard, the hard, the, of how hard you can train every day, mm-hmm. which will give you a little bit of an edge on how, how much better conditioned or strong or strengthened you have. But overall, I don't think steroids or growth hormone in it, in its own will make you a better fighter. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when I fought in Pride, we, we knew that a lot of the guys are doing uh, performance-enhancing drugs, PEDs. Mm-hmm. But for me, I always believed that, yeah, you, you might have a little bit of an edge on recovery and, you know, muscle power. But overall, I didn't think that um, PEDs would actually help you win a fight. So I wasn't too worried about, Fighters taking PDs,
1: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, with mm-hmm. it's hard, man, because it's definitely, according to what most of the fighters or the, the media believes, what he did was wrong because he shouldn't be taking performance-enhancing drugs to, to, for recovery or anything else. So for him to be able to go out of the pool like that is a, a real weird situation because I think you should, they say you should have to retire, yeah? Yeah, the only way you get out of the pool is retiring. Yeah, so he definitely didn't retire. So now it's now the, the last thing to be seen is if they're going to allow him to get an exemption for the six month rule. And if that happens, that's totally wrong. But if he has to do the six months, you know, the six months where he can't do any PDs, I think that would be fair. You know, that would be yeah. the covering up the loophole in you know him getting off going off the the going off the drug testing to heal but then he has to, to he has to do the 6 month um exemption or i mean 6 month term that he has to do drug testing and be negative for 6 months so i think if if they don't allow him to be exempt from that rule i think it's a they did a pretty good job that
1: yeah what that's what i was the- going to say in terms of like you know to play devil's av- advocate a little bit the media has been like on this all over him like massively right um but if people if if you're saying this is across the board that the same thing right if you're injured and you could take yourself out of the drug testing pool and then once you know you're ready to come back and compete you've got to go do like six months or whatever it is of clean drug tests i don't know if i have a problem with that right because i want these guys to be to be healthy i want them to go back in and have the best recovery now i get it that like not everyone's probably gonna be able to afford whatever it was that Connor was taking, right? But at the same time, like, I, is it such a bad thing? I don't know. Is it such a bad thing that people get? I mean, maybe people can say in the comments and give us X, Y, and Z reason why it shouldn't happen. But I'm just curious. I'm just throwing it out there that like, is that a bad thing that people could use whatever to help them recover? But then as long as they're not taking it when they're fighting, I don't know. Yeah. That's just a big question to be
0: asked is the USADA's uh, drug testing. Um, is there, is there, um, objective to just make sure fighters aren't on anything while they're actively fighting, or is it for fighters to stay clean no matter what? And if if it's Mm -hmm. for fighters to stay clean no matter what, there's definitely a big loophole in their system. But if it is to, you know, make sure fighters get in, when they get in the ring, they're not on any performance enhancing drugs, then I think the six months rule is a real good rule to have. Yeah. You well know, the other thing that I always thought about is you know it's real hypocritical of the of the people that watch MMA because you know they they admire those those the physique you know when when a fighter comes in with a a ripped physique one of the fighters at 282 was, had had like this oh, f- he's, crazy he's, physique, I think
1: it was wasn't it he was yeah, yeah. he
0: almost looked like Herschel Walker in his face yeah. but yeah but you know that people are eyeing about that you know, you know, when they're aggressive and they are strong, like someone picked the like Frank uh, Nungano's one punch knockout of Alistar, or or someone like Comey, or picking up somebody slam slamming to the ground. You know, doing performing enhancing drugs will only enhance that type of performances that people love to ooh and awe ah about. Mm-hmm. And it's real hypocritical of these people to criticize those people that's risking their lives in their ring because they're doing proper pds saying that that's wrong and that's cheating you know when they are the very ones that ooh and all ah about it i mean a, a perfect example is like bodybuilding professional bodybuilding you know how people just love that that almost like abnormal muscularity where the mm-hmm. veins and the, the the definition these guys are so big it's like unbelievable you we ooh and on ah it you know but then you say oh but they Oh, that's a cheat. They take steroids. Like, how the fuck else do you think they're gonna get that big? And you guys yeah. love it. You guys ooh and ah about it. But then you guys start getting critical about them doing steroids. You know. So yeah. for me, I always had that belief that you know people just I don't know. They're hypocritical, man. They you know they 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 whine and they scream about performance enhancing drugs, but they almost entice the fighters or the bodybuilders to do that by you know. Rewarding them for when they look so ripped or they're they're mm-hmm. so conditioned, you know. T.J. Dillashaw never got tired, and you know when they find out he's on, you know, they love this fighting. But then when they find out he's doing blood doping, all of a sudden it's like they don't want him anymore. He's a cheater. But they did ooh and ah about his fights, you know. So yeah, I, I think it's a role It's a hard rule to control and to to you know make sure the fighters abide by. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, when I fought in pride, there was no weight classes. There was no rules on steroids. No one died. It wasn't super dangerous. You know, I mean, I feel that way. And I just feel like you don't, it doesn't, I don't think it really matters. You know, I mean, I I don't know. It's it's hard because people shouldn't be doing PDS, but I don't think it really matters that much.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was huge boarded up guys in Pride, right, and loads of them. Did oh, hell shit, I thought
0: Mark Kerr, he was on everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, and I uh, drug testing in MMA is such a weird topic, right? Even Usada, you know, you you want if if you're gonna bring in drug testing, you want it to be as like clean cut as the most honest thing ever. But there's been so many occasions with the whole John Jones picograms thing. Um, Tom Lawler, do you remember Tom Lawler? He got like the worst treatment ever he'd like you know fortunately became a pretty good professional wrestler after that but he had to like change careers because they gave him like a five-year sentence for something that was like a tainted supplement and yeah it's a different story for different people right i think uh it's yeah that's what i mean right it's like i don't know it's a it's a weird weird... five in the morning right before his weigh-in day yeah there's there's it's not a not a doesn't feel like a fair game. But speaking of drugs, um, one topic that is super topical around steroids, uh, liver king. I don't know too much about this guy. You said it was worth having, a, you know, <laughs> having a rant about him, right? I saw Eddie Alvarez saying something about him. I don't even know what the MMA connection is. Is he a big MMA fan or something?
0: Um, no, he did. No, he just uh, he does like liver eating contests, and he yeah. did one. At- at Bellator, I think, where uh, uh, yeah. Costa was there, and I think yes. it was a Costa oh, Yes, somebody else kind of tried to eat with him, and
1: yeah. he was
0: just, like, cuffing it down like nothing, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, what guys built is just so amazing that, mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who knows anything about bodybuilding and developing muscle mass is you know that guy's on a lot of steroids or a lot of PDs. I mean, I heard he's doing synthetic growth hormone up to like $11,000 a month. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, you know, hey, I mean, if that guy wants to, you know, put that kind of stuff in his body and getting big muscles is that important to him, then that's his own body, that's his own, you know, health that he's dealing with, fine. But when he starts selling these supplements and claiming that, that um, prim- the prim- primal lifestyle is the way to do it, and says that he, uh, and, and numerous times, says that he doesn't do PEDs. That's wrong. He's making millions of dollars selling supplements that he claims he gets his body from. He's pushing that primal diet, which you know is you know might be whether it's good or not, I don't know. But the fact is, is he's probably getting. More of his built from the PDS, um, or, or the amount of uh, you know, I hear. I think he did some winstrol, he did some ball ballin, he did some uh, uh, some type of the synthetic hormone. So yeah, he he's on a lot of shit, and you know, he comes out with apology, and I mean, how do you apology for li- how do you apologize for lying continuously about being confronted? straight up, black and white, are you doing performance-enhancing drugs? And he says, no, I am not. And then he claims he's never done a blood test before. And the guy, um, more plates, more dates, the guy's YouTube channel, he comes out with showing all the emails he got from him when this guy's telling him how much shit he's been doing. And he's blatantly deceiving the public. And then his apology not only apologize for lying, then he makes an excuse for lying, saying that he was doing it to help people. Like almost like he's sacrificing himself and taking PDs to help people. I mean that guy I believe I feel that he should his whole website should be shut down. He's a fraud. He's selling stuff when he's doing a shitload of PDs, but he's mm-hmm. claiming that he doesn't do it. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that PD is going to automatically give you a ripped body. You, it's a lot of hard work. I mean, you can take as much PDs as you want. And if I am going to sit on the couch and do five pushups every day and run a mile and then think I'm going to get a body like that. No, I, I, I agree. He's put in a lot of time in the weight room. He's did a lot of grueling training sessions. But. Without the PDs, he wouldn't be where he is right now. Or, or he wouldn't look like he is right now. So it's, I think it's just, it's it's like fraud. And I think he's, everything that he has should be shut down. And even,
1: yeah. I don't know, I don't know how legal that is for what he did. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's like mis-selling, right? Completely. Because he's saying like, yeah. oh, follow this diet. You're going to look like me. And then we're actually like, and then denying the steroids. So pretty crazy scandal to be honest. I'm surprised that he's you know he should be really sort of hiding in the background i guess the appeal right will probably wear off with a lot of people and it'll probably change his gimmick i guess to something else but is what it is um you know it's been a while since we got to cover various different mma topics and i really wanted to uh touch on a quick note on the pfl right because um kayla harrison um you know lost and there was you know she had so much hype right to be in, you know the the big deal in women's mma what was your impression of that fight um you know where do you think kayla goes next
0: well i i believe from watching her previous fights i didn't think her her striking was uh up to par um not only was her striking not as technically good as the top fighters like cyborg or nunes i believe that her she had a lot of bad habits where she would turn away she would close her eyes she would look her chin would be up in the air and she was very vulnerable in situations where when they were striking or she struck and missed she was like off off guard a lot and I just thought that her striking skills are very amateurish her I mean her ground her ground game when she's on top is probably second to none I mean one of the best I've ever seen in the women's But her, you know, when she was in the bottom, her bottom game is uh, not so good. Um, She even was, uh, I think she was held down by this uh, Pacheco lady a couple times where she couldn't actually get out of the the side control, which is one of the basic strengths of judo to not Mm -hmm. get side control. So... Uh, you know, for I, I just felt, I just felt she was really overhyped when she was calling out the legends and wearing shirts like Legend Killer. I just thought that was very premature because she hasn't fought anyone, you know, to yeah. the likes of um, Chavanko or Nunes or um, Cyborg. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I just thought that was very premature. And what that fight showed me was that, yeah, I was right that she is premature. But,
1: but, did you see her uh, after fight interview? uh did i see i think so yeah i think um one moment she actually started crying because it oh was yeah so yeah hard. she's uh andrew from the we are rising podcast he up late, up, updated it yeah um, so that you know with that she you could
0: tell how badly she wants it mm-hmm. and then she said something that was really real like you know i'm gonna get better yeah it wasn't like she was gonna quit or you know it wasn't like mm-hmm. ronda rousey where she disappeared from media for like a couple months she went to the press conference, talked to as even though she was still emotionally emotionally yeah. hurt from the whole loss, she still went there. That shows a lot of class, a lot of professionalism. And the thing she said, I felt like, wow, she's gonna get better.
1: Yeah. Well, she's had a pretty tough year because if you remember, they were she was at the UFC right, and they were talking about her and Amanda Nunes, and then Amanda Nunes lost that fight to Juliana Pena, and then immediately that talk went quiet, right? Like no one. Was sort of clamoring for that but that if if, she, if nunes had one i think she would have been signed i think kayla would have been brought in and that would have been the fight that the ufc probably would have made right but um so yeah tough year for her um just yeah uh, just on the like pfl side of things um and this relates to bellator as well I'm seeing this a lot more now where um so pfl do you know the one million pound one million dollars challenge um where, you know, if you win a tournament, you get that $1 million. Bellator doing the same thing right now with their bantamweight tournament, which has been a lot of fun. Um, what do you think about that? Because I, I think that's quite a good way of getting some really good fighters um, to come to the tournaments rather than going, actually, instead of going to the UFC, I might take this route. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that format, but I don't know how sustainable it is. But what, what do you think about that?
0: Um, I'm old school, so I like that. I like those uh, tournament formats and you know back in my day we used to do it all in one night mm-hmm. but now it's done throughout a, a you know about a year or even sometimes a 6 month period where they they have the round of 16s 32s and then they have the quarters and the semis you know they have it broke it down into different events i i think that's cool but i think that's only good to start off something to get the the contenders in the pool because i don't believe that you're going to eventually you actually have the best fighter always win the tournament because the luck of the draw is different you might have two strong fighters fighting each other first so i mean to to get them together and to bring them bring all the names out i think it's a good start Mm -hmm. you know like like even if the contender series had like a tournament just to you know find and and get to name the fighters but as far as determining the the best fighter in the division. It's not necessarily the the most accurate way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I like it though. I like the yeah. tournament. Pro- it's it's kind of exciting to watch that to see yeah. it um
1: play out. I think it's good for the fighters as well, right? So you know to actually, if this is one way that the some of the smaller organizations are going to compete, you know, because the other question I was going to ask you was, right now, who do you think is the number two? MMA promotion. Obviously, the UFC is, is number one, right? They've got the majority of the best fighters. It, it's just become that right now. It wasn't always the case, but currently it is. Um, who's who's the number two promotion? That's one that gets bowed around a lot. I think Bellator. Okay. I I just believe Bellator is because uh, I
0: think they have the biggest names. One mm-hmm. doesn't have many names. One is more country and Asian fighters. Mm-hmm. PFL is has uh, some names, but not necessarily uh, like real big names. Even like someone like Rory McDonald that went from um, Bellator to PFL.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you know, you know what doesn't help is a lot of the fighters that went from to the PFL didn't do well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think Pe- didn't Pettis also go to the PFL, but didn't do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a lot of these fighters that went there, I mean, it's not the 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 promotion's fault, but just the luck of the draw, you know, even guys mm-hmm. that Demetrius Johnson goes to one and doesn't really do well. Eddie Alvarez goes to one, doesn't do well. I mean the only ones that you know someone like Matt Micharoni, uh Bader, they went to Bellator, but they did well. So you know the, yes. the name value they have they carried it So mm-hmm. I almost feel like the reason why I would say Bellator is because a lot of the name fighters that moved to Bellator did well and ca- carried their name value. But yeah. I feel like EFL and um won like that, you know, they they got unlucky. I my even places like even rising where um Ian McCall went to Rising didn't do well. Yeah. You know, so a lot yeah. of these guys that are really actually big names and world class athletes go into the different divisions and you know they don't do well. And mm-hmm. it's not the promotion's fault, it's just the luck of the draw I think and UFC just
1: Seems to have a good luck of the draw, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then bringing in prospects from all around the world, right? But yeah, Yeah. I think between Bellator with the collaboration with Ryzen, I do think that sort of makes them the number two because it's kind of like it shows that they've got a foot in the other side of the world as well. They can do the cross promotion as well, which makes it super exciting. That's for for me why I'd have probably Bellator number two to promotion. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, So we're wrapping up the year now obviously there's one big final card of the year and it feels way too early to be doing the, the sort of uh fight fighter of your to get your fighter of the year to get your fight of the year considering we've got that one big card to come um but we're gonna do it anyway fuck <laughs> because we'll probably be busy on new year right? so um who would you say is your fighter of the year now i if you're short of suggestions i've got a couple in my head Um, And I'd be curious to know sort of who you think, but any, any, is there anyone that sort of stands out to you immediately?
0: No, because a lot of guys that I thought was, you know, could possibly be it. haven't been pulling off the victories. Yeah. Like I, you know, um, Justin Gaethje is one that I would, you know, I would like to see do a better and would like to choose as one of the fighters of the year. Michael Chandler, but he hasn't been winning. Although he, all of his fights are like exciting as hell. Yeah. Uh, um. There's not. There's nothing very sturdy in the the heavyweight division or the light heavyweight division. Light heavyweight division is going all over all haywire right now. Yeah. But you know, Glover, Jerry and gets injured. You know, the heavyweight division. You know, the, you know, John Jones still hasn't come back. The Nungano is still out with the injury and is due to come back soon. And, you know, so there's not many, you know, the the lightweight division, Moreno, you know, he's going to have another fight with Figueroa. Yes. So, you know, you know, Cejudo said he's coming back now, you know, and connor has been losing, you know, so Olivero, which was would, would have been my pick, actually just yeah. lost. So, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. think that Makachev has done enough to actually solidify something like fighter of the year
1: yet. Probably not this year, right? No, because he's only I no, think any four. Uh,
0: uh,
1: who's that other guy that um fuck?
0: They you know they all look alike the Khabib boy, so <laughs> um who's that other guy? Um, uh, Chimaev. Oh Chimaev, yeah. Well Yeah, Chimaev he's a, he's one that's kinda of exciting, but uh and this year, I you know. If, yeah, I don't think, think he's done enough this year.
1: Yeah, because the Gilbert Burns fight he actually bought was... two good guys in one like Gilbert Burns yeah. fight. That was a but good, good win. Plus fight. I think yeah, probably if you're gonna talk UFC, probably the clear cut winner has to be Alex Pereira, right? This guy comes in, knocks out Sean Strickland, knocks out Israel Adesanya, and he had another fight before that in I think January or February, right? So I mean, ah, you kind of, yeah, he did do good this year. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like, that, i that, need
0: that. out. Yeah.
1: That's the person that I think you probably got to put as UFC Fighter of the Year. The other person uh, I would say that probably isn't getting enough talk, but maybe if they win on New Year's Eve, it's got to be Kleber Koike because he's had a ton of wins this year, right? Um, So, yeah. You think so this year alone he's beat uh orcas sasuke if I hope that said that right. Uh, Hagiwara Ushiku, and then if he beats Pitbull, to me that's like that's a pretty good case for being one of the fighters of the year, right? So, um, I think that's gonna be
0: his role deciding win, yeah. If he can beat oh, Pitbull, true. then are people gonna say, okay, clever's. Like a world class fighter because him beating Mikudo, uh, you know, that's kind of like ah, but yeah, Pitbull is someone that's definitely the top of the cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a real good fight for Clever to, to um, you know, challenge himself and see where he stands and to prove to people that he's
1: actually world class, yeah. But so I don't know, he could be a clear cut win, um, if he wins that fight, but that's a huge fight, man. It's Pitbull, right? Like, (laughs) that. It's a great fight. Can't wait to see it live. Um fight of the year, right? There's been some awesome fights this year. There was a really great fight recently, right? With um I'll throw you out a couple of examples. So we had uh what's his face? Kevin Holland, Stephen Boy, Wanda Thompson. That was uh, a good one too. Yeah. That was a great fight. We had uh Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. That was a great. Oh, fight. that one was crazy
0: too. Well, you know what? With that, you know, Michael Chandler, all his fights are crazy. All yeah. his fights could be fight of the year, man. Then we get. Then you have the right. women's, women's too. You know, like yeah, Uh you know, Lee fighting Joanna was that this year? It was yeah.
1: <coughs> no. Oh, yeah. it was the rematch was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. the rematch was. Oh, actually, so I was, also,
0: the first fight was
1: crazy. Yeah. Yeah, The second one was still good, but um, not quite. Yeah, it was crazy, good. But, um, you also had Jiri versus Glover, that was pretty, yeah, you know, that, that title fight, fight too, was yeah. pretty
0: crazy. I don't know, for some reason, I just just doesn't uh, I, I see more like uh, Gaethje's fights and challenge fights as fights that I have a lot of impact on me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you name any Gaethje fight, and it was a uh, freaking war, man. Yeah. All of them. Poirier, Gaethje, Oliveira. Oliveira, I'll kind of submitted them pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Chandler puts up a war. I mean, even, even mm-hmm. Gaethje, like they call him what the walking highlight reel, which is kind mm-hmm. of true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm just being biased, but if I were to choose a fight of the year, it'd be one of those.
1: Yeah. One with I think... Gaethje or one with Chandler or when they fought each other. Ch- Chan Le was pretty insane, right? Yeah, that remembered. was sick. Yeah, yeah, that could actually be one that for me would be in the fight of the year. Trying to think outside of the UFC, the only one that really sort of hits me hard recently was the Ogi Kubu versus Sutcho Kim. That was a really fun fight. I remember oh, that. Yeah, but there's not been masses outside of the UFC that I can think of right now. That's screaming off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of any big bellator fights that were crazy no i don't know well we've obviously forgot some so people please put them in the comments let us know what you think what did we forget <laughs> you know we've done this on the fly to be fair we just go up with the topics and just sort of thought <laughs> it off the top of our heads so i'm sure people have got some better suggestions than us um but yeah any any parting words to wrap up this episode um
0: no, a lot of a lot of crazy controversy going on now. Kind of interesting. I, I go on every morning when I get up. I go onto YouTube and search the most recent ones. You know, Liver King. You know, Patty's thing with Ariel Liver King, and I, I love watching when Joe Rogan goes and talks about stuff because he's straight up brutally honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the one the, when you have time, watch the when Joe Rogan talks about the Liver King.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that yet. So.
0: I mean, so real, so honest, so brutally, like, revealing that it's <laughs> – I love watching Joe. But, yeah, so, you know, exciting stuff, man. And, you know, the it's funny because a lot of the excitement now is a lot of stuff that are beside the fights.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, the, you know, yeah. Conor McGregor, Liver King, you know, you got the the judging – so and it's kind of yeah. to have that you know i mean it's like a little circus show going on
1: but i mean yeah. that's what mma is becoming you know so it's true man we think we spent what five minutes talking about some of the fights from 282 and the rest of it on all these other topics so uh it is what it is that's just uh unfortunately. Yeah. So. awesome well thanks everybody for watching we'll be back again soon probably before christmas so all right (laughs) all right okay bernie we're done okay bernie
0: we're done okay good boy all right that was a pretty cool episode Uh, a lot of um, interesting stuff happening outside of the ring but uh if you have any uh ideas or any comments about what we talked about um put in the comments also like and subscribe and share thank you